A few weeks ago, I was outside with my family and actually one of my friends and we were working on a project. And we had been working on the project for hours. It was, we were probably three, four hours into this project and it was starting to get dark. Um, since daylight savings time, it gets dark here in Georgia where I live around 545-ish. And so we were out and it was starting to uh, get dusk. And as we were out working, this huge bird flew down out of a tree and landed on the ground within just a few feet from us. And I'm looking at this bird and everyone, it has grabbed everyone's attention. And it was a great horned owl. And I was so blown away by this because though I've seen plenty of animals and birds and insects um, all types of creepy crawling things and flying things around the homestead I've also been to uh, you know of course the zoo multiple zoos but I've, I've been to several safaris and um, so I've seen animals in, in all kinds of stuff all the time but I've never seen an owl in the wild, just like just in the neighborhood fly down and to be that close. And so I was just really, really, really blown away by this. And of course, the kids were excited and they couldn't believe that he was just like down on the ground like that. And, um, and we kept working, but it was just, you know, it, he the owl took it. It really took us by surprise. And then the owl flew off and we could hear the hoots. He was, you know, he, she, whatever, start making the hoot sound. And I was like, how neat was that? How cool was that? I was probably keeping an eye on my chickens, but they were not out. <laughs> so they were safe. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that was just pretty, pretty, pretty cool. So I went and I did some research because um, that's what I do when I see these things. And I thought it was very uh, interesting, of course, some of the things that I was finding out about these great big birds. All right, so I'm gonna go right in and I'm going to read about this bird from what website is this I do not know um let me see I think I just googled it this is from is it oh I don't even know how to pronounce this A-U-D I'm sorry A-U yeah A-U-D U-B-O-N this is the uh, dot organization okay dot org a-U-D-U-B-O-N dot org. Okay. And it's 
the great it's the guide to the north american birds and this one is talking about the great horned owl so found almost throughout north america and much of south america is this big isle aggressive and powerful in its hunting sometimes known by nicknames such as tiger owl it takes prey as varied as rabbits hawks snakes and even skunks and will even attack porcupines often with fatal results for both prey and predator the great horned owl began nesting very early in the north and their deep hoots may be heard rolling across the forest of the midwinter nights. This, howl, this owl hunts mostly at night, sometimes at dusk, which it was dusk. Watches from high perch then swoops down to capture prey in its talons has extremely good hearing and good vision in low light conditions. In north winter, they may store uneaten prey, coming back later to thaw out frozen carcasses by incubating it. There's no regular migration for this bird, but they can wander long distances in the fall and the winter some some of them moving southward this owl has a varied diet now just read some of the things that it eat but it also eats mostly mammals and birds mammals make up the majority of the diet in most regions it takes many rats mice and rabbits also ground squirrels possums skunks and many others which we talked about that it eats some birds, especially in the north, up to the size of geese, ducks, hawks, and smaller owls. Also eats snakes, lizards, frogs, insects, scorpions, but rarely fish. This bird also will, uh, what they don't, they don't really build their own nests, but they will hijack somebody else's nest. So if there is a hawk, they will kill the hawk. And then take his nest from it so they remind me somewhat of vultures because they take what's not theirs basically and they make it theirs very very aggressive bird very uh mysterious and there is a lot of scriptures in the Bible on owls I'm not actually going to go into those scriptures what I'm going to talk about is what this character of this owl reminds me of in the Bible. Of course, a story in the Bible. As I was reading this, I, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, this reminds me of something, but I can't really think of what it is. <laughs> no, that sounds so not right. But I knew that this owl represented, it could represent many people in the Bible. And as I was talking to my husband about this, he brought up two people, well, one person, and I thought of the other person, and it made perfect sense. And so 
I'm going to dive right in and I'm going to take my time because I have quite a lot that I'd like to cover. But the two people in the Bible that this personality of this owl reminded me of is Judas Iscariot and Peter. Not because they were evil, because they were not evil, but because how they operated in deception. And this owl, in many ways, with the characteristics that I have described, is a very deceptive bird. Very deceptive. It comes in for the attack, for a great attack. But it will sit quietly in the trees. You will never know it's there until it strikes. And then it will take what's not, what's, what doesn't belong to him. It will take it. It will kill and do whatever it needs to do to take a nest that was not built by itself. And it would hoot in the night and at dusk to warn people or to warn other animals of its approaching danger. This owl has big, huge eyes that already could put fear into its prey. As a matter of fact, it has been suggested to place a fake large owl near a chicken coop to deter predators. Now, this method has not proven to work as an ongoing approach because then eventually they the the predators will realize it's not a real owl but for the first couple of nights it's pretty effective so there were so many different things about this owl that made me think of these particular characters in this story So, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. So, bear with me. I'm going to read from the book of Luke. And I'm going to read from the Message Bible today. Luke 22, and I'm going to jump around, okay? So, if you're going along with me, be prepared to jump around. Chapter 22, verse 1 through 6. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, also called Passover, drew near. The high priest and religion scholars looking for a way to do away with Jesus, but fearful of the people, they were also looking for a way to cover their tracks. That's when Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot. He was one of the twelve. 
leaving the others, he conferred with the high priest and the temple guards about how he might betray Jesus to them. They couldn't believe their good luck and agreed to pay him well. He gave them his word and started looking for a way to betray Jesus, but out of the sight of the crowd. Verse 14 through 23. When it was time, he sat down all the apostles with him and said you've no idea how much i have looked forward to eating this passover meal with you before i enter my time of suffering this is jesus talking it's the last one i'll eat again it's the last one i'll eat until we all eat it together in the kingdom of god taking the cup he blessed it then said take this and pass it among you as for me i'll not drink wine again until the kingdom of god arrives taking bread he blessed it broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body given for you eat it in my memory he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant written in my blood. Blood poured out for you. Do you realize that the hand of the one who is betraying me... Is that where I was going to stop? Okay, now, so I'm on 21. Do you realize that the hand of the one who is betraying me is at this moment on this table? God. It's true that the Son of Man is going down a path already marked out. No surprises there. Before the one who turns him in turns traitor to the Son of Man, this is doomsday. They immediately became suspicious of each other and began quizzing one another, wondering who might be about to do this. Can you imagine being at a table and you are prophesying this? You're already telling them what's going to happen. And I wonder just how much they understood what he was saying. And then to know that the one that is going to betray him is, is sitting at the table. Jesus knew this. So we're going to jump down to verse 33 and 34. Then Peter said, Master, I'm ready for anything with you. I'll go to jail for you. I'll die for you. Jesus said, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Peter, but before the rooster crows, you will have three times denied that you know me. God. Wow. Wow. 
Let's go to verse 45. And I'm going to read verse 45 through 62. Verse 45 through 62. Before I go into that, I hope that you're really, really listening to what I have just read. Everybody is not for you, even though they sit at the table with you, even though they are right there in the midst. And sometimes the Lord will reveal this to you. And you have a choice to still show that person love or to confront that person or to confront that person in love or confront that person in hate. But Jesus confronted him. At least he confronted Peter. He did it in more of a roundabout way with Judas. But he never once told Peter to leave the table. Not even once. He never said, get up and go. You are, you about to wrong me. I don't want to talk to you no more. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. Not one time. Let's go to verse 45. He got up from prayer, <clears throat> went back to the disciples, and found them asleep, drugged with grief, drugged by grief, I bet. He said, what business do you have sleeping? Get up. Pray so you won't give into temptation. I'm going to read that again. They were asleep drugged by grief and jesus told them what business do you have sleeping i don't care what i just told you right now it's game time it's not time to sleep get up pray so that you don't give it into temptation you have to pray that you are not the betrayal that god places good people in your life and you betray them you do it wrong. You do wrong by them. You have to pray that you do not give into temptation. When everybody else is talking about her, are you going to talk about her too? When everybody else have given up on him, are you going to give up on him too? Pray so you won't give into temptation. Verse 47. No sooner... Were the words out of his mouth, then a crowd showed up. Judas, <laughs> the one from the twelve, in the lead. He came right up to Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said, Judas, you will betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When those with him saw what was happening, they said, Master, shall we fight? <laughs> One of them took a swing at the chief priest's servant and cut off his ear. Cut his right ear. Jesus said, let them be. Even in this, 
Then, touching the servant's ear, he healed him. My Lord. Verse 52. Jesus spoke to those who had come, high priest, temple police, religion leaders. What is this? Jumping me with swords and clubs as if I were a dangerous criminal. Day after day, I've been with you in the temple and you've not so much as lifted a hand against me but do it your way it's a dark night a dark hour 54 arresting jesus they marched him off and took him into the house of the chief priests peter followed but at a safe distance in the middle of the courtyard, some people had started a fire and were sitting around it, trying to keep warm. One of the servant maids sitting at the fire noticed him, then took a second look and said, This man was with him. <laughs> to Peter. He denied it. Woman, I don't even know him. Wow. Betrayal sucks. It really does. Verse 58. A short time later, someone else noticed him and said, You're not one of them. But Peter denied it. Man, I am not. Verse 59. About an hour later. This, this show is happening really close to each other. This is all in one night. Someone else spoke up really adamant he's got to have been with him he's not galilean written over he's got galilean written all over him <laughs> peter said man i don't know what you're talking about at that very moment the last word hardly offed his lips a rooster crowed mm which mean now it's the next morning early just then the master turned and looked at peter oh ooh, ooh. <laughs> jesus peter remembered what the master had said to him before the rooster crows you will deny me three times mm. He went out and cried and cried and cried. I bet. Wow. Wow. That is really, really intense. I'm going to go over to Matthew 27, verse 3 through 5, because we talked about Judas briefly. But we didn't talk about what his outcome was. We talked about Peter. And we know what Peter's outcome was. Matthew 27 verse 3 through 5 in the Message Bible. Judas, the one who betrayed him, realized that Jesus was doomed. Overcome with remorse. He gave back the 30 silver coins to the high priest saying I've sinned I've betrayed an innocent man 
seemed like it took a long time for, G- for Judas to come to his senses, don't you think? They said, what do we care? That's your problem. <laughs> Verse 5. Judas threw the silver coins into the temple and left. Then he went out and hung himself. If you continue to read about Judas, you will find that his guts had even his uh belly ruptured and his gut spilled out and there's quite more to this story but it is very very sad very very sad story who is in your camp that would betray you see betrayal is not betrayal if it's not someone you know you don't if you don't know them if it's not someone you don't know if you don't know them then it's really not a betrayal betrayal only happens to people who are close to other people I have personally been betrayed and it does not feel good it does not feel good at all If you have ever been betrayed, I'm sure that listening to this podcast, you can think back to when you were betrayed. And I'm sure that you can remember how painful it was to be betrayed. To be betrayed by someone that you have been good to. To be betrayed by someone you love. Someone that you love deeply. When someone will lie on you or be two-faced, they're one way in your face, but behind your back, they are dogging you out. When you have been good to them, when you have been nothing but good to them. Peter and Judas walked with Christ. Think about this. These men walked with him. They walked with Jesus. They saw him heal people. Even when old boy's ear was cut off, Jesus healed him in the midst of him headed to his doom. The love of Christ. They walked with him. Jesus changed their lives. Some put down their nets. They became fishers of men. He pulled them out of the pits. He showed them the way of true life. Some of them saw Lazarus back alive after dying some of them saw him feed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread and I'm saying some but really all of them 
they walked with him. Jesus never disowned them. He never rejected them. They were with him when the boat, or when they thought the boat was going to sink, when the storm was raging. And they thought that they would surely die in the boat. But Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves, peace be still. They were with him. They were with him. They were with him when he cast legion out of the man, the crazed man. They were with him. They were with him when he went in and saved children from demons and evil spirits and sickness and disease. And when the woman touched the hem of his garment and out of him, his power left his body and healed this woman. They were with him. They were with him. What did Jesus do to hurt them? What did he do? He didn't do nothing. How many times did they feast? You know, we love to eat as people. And if you look in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, they ate. They feast with him. They celebrate it. And yet... Peter denied him three times. When the going got tough, the going got tough, and he forgot all about the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the parables, the teachings. He forgot all about it. He forgot everything. For one moment of betrayal within a 24-hour period of time. Betrayal. Judas. (laughs) Oh, Judas. Let's just not even get on Judas. Hmm. Stealing money. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder what was the purpose of him even being there. But Jesus loved him so much. He loved him. Because Jesus is the lover of men. And I mean, women is included in that, in humanity. He loves us in spite of our flaws. He knew that Judas would betray him. And after he betrayed him, and after Peter betrayed him, they felt great remorse. I have felt great remorse when I've done someone wrong, when I've come to my senses. Because when you're in when you're in the middle of it, you don't always know. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we know we about to mess up. 
and we do it anyway because we we just got a chip on our shoulder and we got to give somebody a piece a piece of our mind but sometimes we do it and and we you know maybe it was a bad day or whatever the case we just do it we lose it for a moment and then once we come to our senses then we realize what we have done and we feel great remorse I can only imagine how it felt for Peter. It said he cried and cried and cried. And at this point, it's too late. Jesus is gone. He's gone. He's going on the hill of Golgotha to be crucified. He's gone. He's gone. Cried and cried and cried. Oh, oh, Peter. I I can only imagine what that was like to deny him three times in front of Jesus. Jesus was right there. In front of him. And then to hear Jesus was right there. The podcast got interrupted, but you might not even notice it. Jesus was right there when Peter denied him. He was right there. But then to hear the rooster crow. To hear the rooster crow. That's when he came to him his senses because he heard the rooster crow and then it said he remembered Jesus looked at him first. You know, it's just like, you know, you cutting up somewhere, you in church, you cutting up when you were little and your parents, they turn around, your mom turn around and give you that look. And she ain't got to say nothing. She just give you that look. Jesus just gave him that look. Mm. Total remorse. But what was done was done. But total remorse. And Judas, his greed, his greed caused him to die of grief. Greed caused him to die of grief. He was so grieved. That he hung himself. He was so grieved. Oh my Lord. Have you ever been betrayed? If you are to be betrayed, do know that it is someone in your camp. And it's very painful when people betray you, when you have been good to them. It hurts. Watch who is in your camp. Jesus knew who was in his camp. He knew with the 12 disciples, which two would betray him. He knew it. 
And the awful thing was Judas kissed him. So that means that sometimes it's going to be somebody that is extremely close to you, close enough to you that will love on you, hug you, kiss you, and say that they are there for you and that they have your back. But when push comes to shove, when teen, when things get hard, when things come upon you, when trials and tribulation come, they will walk out of your life. They will betray you. And when they betray you, will you cut their ear off? Will you cut them out of your life? Well, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. Or will you love on them? Will you still love them with the love of the Lord? Now, it's not a requirement that you keep these people in your life. But will you love them? Will you forgive them? And will you love them with the love of the Lord? Some people you have to love from a distance. And some people that betray you, you still have to deal with that person. They eat at the table with you. They're at the table with you. Can you imagine being at the Thanksgiving table and looking around the table at the people that are right in your circle, knowing that the betrayer is there and you still have to love them in spite of their betrayal? Jesus loved the disciples. And when he was on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, it was the people crucifying him, but he meant all of us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us when we betray you, when we turn our back on you. Forgive us when we conform to this world. When we conform to the things of this world. We conform. Christians, we sleep. We still on the boat sleeping. They were they were laying down. They were sleeping in grief. They were so full of grief that they were sleeping. He said, get up. Pray. Pray now. Pray that you don't fall into temptation. So you have to pray that you don't become the betrayal. That you don't betray Jesus in these last days. That you will not conform to this world. That you will not do things as this world does it. But you will check yourself and say, am I applying my life to what the word of the Lord says? In spite of what happens. In spite of our local government. In spite of our president's. In spite of the laws that are coming across this nation, will I conform? Will I betray Jesus? Will I be the betrayal? Will I deny him three times? I surely hope not. I surely hope not. I want to encourage you today to pray that you do not fall into temptation.
because it gets hard and it's so tempting to do what the world is doing to believe in what the majority of the people in our country believe when it is contrary to the word of God but we accept it we internalize it and we make up reasons why it's right or reasons why it will work or reasons why it is probably right when we are should go to the word of the Lord what does the word say I don't have to give you my answer. You don't have to give me your answer. You don't have to go seek your grandmother. You don't have to talk to your mom and dad about it. You go to the word. What does the word say about this? Or are you going to betray the king? Are you going to betray Jesus? After he's given his life for you. Pray. I want to encourage you to pray that you do not fall into temptation. Thank you so much for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. We are wrapping up season two. I will be back with season three immediately. And I am geared up. So I hope that you are ready. I sure am. God bless you. And you have a great, 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 great week. Hi, this is Kristen. And thank you again for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. I want to offer you an invitation today. An invitation to Christ. For John 3.16 states that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If that is you today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, all you have to do is confess your sins to him and then say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior, and there you are saved. Please subscribe to my channel so that you can receive all of my future podcasts, and then go on over to YouTube and look up Encouragement from Kristen's Homestead, and you can follow me there as well. And as an addition, I am also on Instagram at Encouragement from Kristen. Thank you again for listening and God bless.